I'm Gab, he's Jules. Could care less about the weather in West London right now because we have new world champions, Jules. I'm sorry, it is not France, it is Argentina. Lionel Messi finally winning the World Cup. We're gonna get into that, we will get into that, Messi fans. But first, Jules, we have to reflect on the game because as a neutral, and as you know, I am a neutral in this one. Yeah. Uh, this was maybe the most entertaining final I can remember, right up there with Germany and Argentina in 1986, but maybe this is even better. Yeah, I thought this was the greatest World Cup final ever, I have to be honest, even if it broke my heart at the end, but so much emotion, so many twists, so, many, so much drama, um, so much perfection from Argentina for 45 minutes, maybe up to an hour, and an amazing performance from Kylian Mbappé, an amazing performance from Leo Messi as well. It was just, it was just fantastic to watch, to be there, for us to witness in the stadium, for people in front of the television or listening to the radio. It was a special moment. I just wish that the ending, you know. That's understandable. You, you, you got, you got to celebrate four years ago, uh, and in fact, 24 years ago as well. Yeah. I mean, you were a little child. Um, we want to get into Messi and Mbappe because obviously that is a big part of the story, but. We have to start with the coaches because I thought when I saw the lineups and I saw Di Maria in there, I said to myself, all right, Scaloni's really bold. In fact, we were over there on the set and I said he's going to walk away a fool or a king. You said it, yeah. 100%. He nailed that. You know, all this concern, oh, if you play Di Maria, you lose control of the midfield, blah, blah, blah. He played Di Maria. He took the game to France. France are supposedly more comfortable playing on the counter, letting the opposition have it. I thought that was hugely brave and he was rewarded. Yeah, you're right, Gabi. That call from Di Maria, and not just to start him, but to start him on the left-hand side, yeah. where usually you would have expected him to play on the right and go against Theo and try to have those 2v1 with Molina against Theo because Kylian, as we know, doesn't defend much. No, he was on the other side. And to be fair, he caused all sorts of problems to Dembele, who fouled him for the penalty, the first goal against Koundé as well. It was, it was full of energy from midfield. I thought that midfield from Argentina, Alexis, Enzo and, and De Paul, of course, bossed the midfield for an hour, certainly for the first 45 minutes. The French could do nothing really with the ball. They were sloppy in position. They were slow to react, could not win the duels, could not win the second balls. And that's why Argentina started so well. Let's talk about this because obviously, you know, when teams struggle, sometimes it's down to them. Sometimes it's down to the opposition playing well. And, praising Argentina for the way they set up, for the way they yeah, lined up. Too right. I was hugely disappointed in that first half with the performance of Dembélé above all, not just the penalty he gave away. I thought he contributed zero. He gave the ball away. He looked, you know, we said Dembélé is an up and down player. Uh, this was this was one of those games we just did not show up. Yeah. And Griezmann, I thought, was, was str struggling as well in the middle of the park. But I didn't get the Champs solution. I don't understand. What was it, minute 40? 40, minute yeah. Minute 40. Which he never done ever before in his managerial career. I, I, I can think of very few people. I mean, we could all remember Jose Mourinho, of course, yeah. a first-half substitution. But this is a World Cup final. And okay, you want to humiliate Dembele, he's terrible, even though you can wait five minutes, fine. Why did he have to take off Giroud in that position when you know even bad Giroud will still be a threat? He'll hold up the ball. He can still do something. You couldn't even let France's all-time leading goal scorer, you couldn't give him the dignity of waiting five more minutes until halftime. But maybe maybe he just wanted, he thought, okay, maybe if I change now, there might be a goal. There was five minutes plus, I think, seven minutes of added time at the end of the first half. 
and he thought maybe now is the right time we can maybe unsettle them by bringing Colomwani and his pace Turam moving Kylian centrally and maybe he thought it's good to do it now instead of doing it at half time and come back after the break I, that's the only way I can see I can see why he did that at that time um, I think Giroud was a bit struggling with his knee. He was not very much in the game either. Dembélé, I agree with you. I think, and I think the foul on Di Maria from Dembélé like took him out of the game anyway. So in the end, when you look at the second half and what Thuram and Colomani brought to, to this to this game overall in their performance, it was the right thing to do. Maybe he could have waited a little bit more. He could have done it earlier, I think. And you know what? He could have done it from the start because yesterday he was thinking about starting Thuram and putting Giroud on the bench. And I, and I think for me to have done those subs so early, he must have regretted not taking that tough decision, of course, but he must have regretted not to have started with Tom. I think what's very obvious to me is this France team are not used to playing from behind because I know he had to make those changes and he felt he had to make radical changes. But with that base lineup that he had out there, I mean, leave, leave aside you for one second, even if you changed Dembele for somebody else, it's just not comfortable doing it. They're not, there's not the playmaking there. And again, maybe because obviously there's no, uh, there's no 2018 Pogba in there to, to unlock things. Griezmann, I think, was having a difficult time. I'm not saying it's all on him. He's, done, he's had a phenomenal yeah, tournament. But there was but a good plan against Griezmann tonight, for sure. There was no unlocking. Yeah. Instead, we ended up with effectively a 4-2-4. That, that, that is how after Coleman came on. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The second half, no, we were 4-4-2 if you want, but yeah, yeah, very much so. And at that point, it is what we in Italy, we call a broken game. You know, there, there really isn't much tactics, and, it's, and it is how you handle that. And again, I don't want to pick on Scaloni, and we, we praised them before, yeah. but my mind went back to the Holland game, to the Australia game, where you're in control. You know, the, used to be a 2-0 lead. It's unforgivable to give it up. Yeah. And then that happens. Could he have done something differently there? Yeah, completely. I mean, I don't think Di Maria can last the whole 90 minutes, uh, let alone the 120 minutes, considering he hadn't played in the last two games. Substitutions so, earlier, that's what you're going to say. No, 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 no. But don't bring Acuna. So don't play with two left-backs on that left-hand side, because there's still, still more than an hour to go, I think, when Acuna comes on. Why Acuna? Why Acuna on that left-hand side, ahead of Tagliafico, when you could have brought Paredes on, for example, and even more, even have more control on that midfield, have Alexis Paredes, De Paul, and Enzo. Acuna made no sense. It was like, what is going on? And then, almost as soon as that happened, Command comes on, and suddenly on that right-hand side, France have a, a bit more energy to ram on the left-hand side. Kylian is starting to get into the game. There's still no shot from France until the 70th minute, but at least you, you could feel in the stadium that they were back into this game. Obviously, you scored two goals in the space of, I don't know, did anybody calculate the seconds? I, I didn't I mean, look. I think, yeah, it was just above a minute, I think. I, again, not what you see in a World Cup final. Uh, we've seen something like that in a Champions League final many years ago, but not like this. Yeah. The second one, was that just all being at sixes and sevens from the first? No, I just think it's an amazing, a bit like the second goal from Argentina, which is a, which is a fantastic counter-attack that I'm, I think Upamecano doesn't have to play the ball the way he does on the, by the touchline. He can let the ball go out. It would have been a three in for France. He tries to play there, mispasses the ball, and then he goes too quickly for the French then for the Di Maria goal. In the same way, that second goal from France, I don't think there's anything wrong really from Argentina in the way they set up. Defensively, the line is good. It's just too quick. And that one-two between Mbappe and Thuram, like, I, I, I just, just think it goes too quickly. And then it's an amazing volley from Kylian to score a goal in that position, a bit similar to the one 
he scored against Juventus in the Champions League with PSG, although this one is a bit further out. And, and then at 2-2, I'm thinking like, wow, okay, we're going to win this. It certainly felt like the momentum had shifted. I want to take you back, though, before that, to the Otamendi decision. Yeah. I, you want to? My colleague James Olley was commenting, or no, it was Mark Ogden, was commenting on our, uh, on our email thread about what a great game Simon Marciniak, the referee, had. You disagreed with the Otamendi one. I, I just think Otamendi should have been sent off. You know, in, in, that, in that game, I don't understand how he stayed on the page for the whole game. Right, I you be the judge at home on that one. What do you think? You I agree think a little bit at with that me. Stage of the game, it takes a lot to send somebody off. That, that's all I'm going to say. It is, it is a human. It's a human situation. Um, but the poor didn't have a yellow card. I mean, how long did it take him to take a yellow card out? Like I, I don't know. I thought there's a few. Th- I thought he did well overall, but there's a few things for Tamendi and the poor, especially where I was a bit like, come on. The game goes into extra time, and. At this stage, we said the momentum felt as if it was with France. It felt as if Argentina were tired. He finally made, he finally started making some substitutions because it was incredible. I mean, 90, he had only made one substitution, yeah. which, which kind of blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get that uh, that run from from Lautaro. Yuri saves it, and who's there to poke it in? It's Lionel Messi. Now, again, Messi reading the situation. Do you blame the defenders there for, for the way Lautaro got away and yeah, for um, not picking up Messi? We saw the um, the uh, semi-automatic, like uh, offline, like linesman, and he was literally on side for, for this. So I'm not sure. Yeah, of course, I think it's Pamecano. He can step up maybe a little bit earlier and play him off, play him offside. It's hard. He goes so quickly. I did think, to be fair, I thought he was on side. I thought he was offside, sorry, watching the game because the way I was sat, I was literally almost on the same line and it looked very tight to me. And then we had the proof that he was onside. But I have to say at that time, I thought, OK, now it's, this is over. And I think it felt from the Argentines that it was over. The way Messi was celebrating, the crowd behind that goal because they scored on the goal where all the fans were. It felt like this, they thought, OK, this is it. There's 10 minutes left, no. I think 109th. And this is it now. We're going to see this game out. And by the way, that goal... You know, the ball, obviously, was a goal line technology situation. Yeah. It's pretty obvious yeah. when you watch the replay. But, again, for all those people against Tech and VAR and the good old days and so on, I can imagine that being missed. I can yeah, completely no, imagine not. that being missed. And I can imagine all hell breaking loose, just like they missed uh, somebody <laughs> headbutting another player back in 2006. Yeah, you all know, the Frank Lampard shot as yeah, well. Yeah. So, you know, credit to that. And then it seems done. Yeah. It seems done. And then you get this gift, and I'm sorry because this is a gift. Yeah. This is a gift from heaven. I, you're not going to blame Montiel, are you? In, in which way? I mean, with hindsight, uncoordinated, arm away from his body. It is a penalty, but... Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I sorry, know. that way, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 I think so. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure there's much else he can do considering how he wants to block the shot from Killian. Um, and it's a second penalty, and you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking Harry Kane. And, and I'm waiting for Kylian to take that penalty. And again, it's away, from, it's away from me because I'm closer to the other goal. And I'm like, please, don't, don't, try to, like, don't try to overheat it. Don't force it. Remember Kane. And in my head, I was like, it's going to miss. It's going to miss. And to be fair to Mbappé, take his, takes it on the same side. Then he took the first one. It scores again. And I'm like, wow, okay, that takes some, 
you know, some cojones, well, some courage. That, of course, then took us to the penalty shootout. But before Mbappe, that, before that, Colomani can win it for France. There's that huge chance that there's oh, yeah, the header to start with, that he misses, and then there's that one one on one with 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 Emi Martinez, where I think he rushes it a bit. I don't know if he's aware where the defender is behind him, but it's, he has more pace than than the defender. I think he takes it early. He takes it low when I think you can see that Martinez is all, has committed and is already low. I think he can e e easily dummy it and then just lift it inside of his foot and the, goal, and the ball goes in and then it's over. Wishful thinking, obviously road not taken. The reason I referenced before was Mbappe and his penalties because Mbappe would then take a third penalty. Now, sending Mbappe up first, we've had this debate before. Neymar, yeah. do you send your best guys up a blast or whatever? I thought it was interesting that Mbappe went first. Uh, I thought it was significant. I don't have a problem with it because it kind of sends you on your way if he scores, which you did. Yeah, and 18 months ago at the Euros against Switzerland in the penalty shootout, he went fifth and he missed and we got knocked out because he missed that pen. And I was happy that this time it changed and he took his responsibility. That was his third penalty in the game against the same goalkeeper. That That is in itself super difficult to do. And he puts it the same way again. And this time Martinez has a little touch, not enough to save it. But I like the fact that he went first. I thought this is this this was the right thing to do, the right call. I I, I will be honest with you. I seeing who was still on the pitch, I thought he might be the only one to score here. It did look like a lot of the penalty takers were. Well, that's weird. You had a bunch of strikers on the pitch at that I stage. I know, but Coman, so. Coman. I think I suspect Turam was the fifth one. Coman and misses. Many penalties, but uh, I'm asking a question here without knowing the answer. Maybe you know the answer. Maybe we'll just speculate because, as you can tell, the game finished not that long ago, um, and we both had to ride afterwards. I don't know what happened. Scaloni, the winning manager, goes on the pitch. There's a whole bunch of people and their families on the pitch. I have no idea if anybody's asked him this or if he's spoken about this. But the fact that Messi went first, I, and I don't know if he, if he had if he was had him slated to start later. To, to go fourth or fifth or whatever they were facing. He went first against the Dutch, so I suspect it was the same. Was do you think that played into it though? Do you think it was? Do you think Deschamps sent Mbappe up first because Messi went first? Yeah, or? maybe. But I think again, for both of them, it was the right thing to do. Your your strongest or maybe second strongest should always go first. So my thought after Messi took that penalty, and this is what I wrote about in my piece, I said. Now it's entirely out of my hands. I have done everything yeah. that I can to help this team win a World Cup. Now I just have to put my trust in my teammates. Yeah. And if you watch the rest of the shootout, he's up there, he's with his teammates in the middle of the pitch. After every shootout, he and as the guy walks back, he, he goes, moves he forward, greets him, yeah, yeah. he hugs him, he high-fives him. He's doing these captain-type things, which maybe he hasn't always done in the past, because yeah. maybe it's not part of his personality. It's, it's kind of part of the edgier Messi that we see now. Um, in terms of the penalty misses, are you going to blame the penalty takers or are you going to praise Martinez? No, I think I think Martinez did his job. He did the mind game, the trash talking that he did against Colombia, the Copa America. That he got booked as well. Yeah, yeah, because I think he took it a little bit too far when he he threw the ball away from Chouameni and then Chouameni missed. So yeah, I guess it worked. I'm just not a big fan, to be honest. I don't like that. But this is the way he does it. He's very good at it. Lloris is not good at it in penalty shootouts. He's never saved anything for France in his whole career. He's never saved a penalty. In the shootout, in the penalty shootout, never. So he saved the penalty against Switzerland, for example, at the US during the match. Right. But then in penalty shootouts, not that they faced many, but he didn't save any, no. 
I wonder if Duchamp should have paid some attention to uh, to Fan Hao. But then I'm not sure Mandanda is much better. And si, Areola. If only Magic Mike had been Maybe, around. If with, only Magic Mike had been here. With some ifs, we'd be world champion again. <laughs> uh, more broadly, this is Argentina's third uh, World Cup victory. We've been we've been talking about the Argentina fans uh, here they're in still, Doha. They're still in the stadium singing muchachos. We can you hear them. You are singing muchachos. That, I mean, this is like ahead of the final. Jules can't stop himself from singing along with it. That is how catchy yeah, it is. Yeah, but that was that was in previous rounds, like not just before the <laughs> final. You know, I, I was no, I was not a fan of Argentina and muchachos before this game. Doubt. Um, is there some sort of broader meeting to Argentina? I we'll think, get to Messi in, yeah. in our next segment. I think it was written somewhere with Diego watching from above that this was going to be theirs. I think. It's been a long time coming since 1986 with a lot of disappointments, with a lot of heartbreaks, whether it's the 1990 final, the 2014 final, the last 16 exit, that must have hurt a lot with all the great generation that they have. They, was all, they were always going to get it right at some point, but I think the winner of the Copa America, of course, at the Maracana as well in Brazil, has unlocked something mentally for, for this squad, for those players, for Scaloni himself. And, and that's where the genesis of this win today is. It is from, from that Copa America win. And as I see it, I don't think this is the most talented Argentina squad I can remember. We can all poke a lot of holes in it from 34-year-old yeah. uh, Otamendi. Again, on paper, we're talking yeah, on yeah, paper. great. Enzo, who's phenomenal, but he's had, what, like six months at uh, Benfica? At Benfica. Um, Alvarez in and out at City. Yeah, Alexis you know, from Brighton. Alexis from Brighton, Brighton. exactly. Rodrigo de Paul having a poor season uh, by all accounts at, at Atletico Madrid. But... On the day they come together and often guys this is the story of a world cup it's not the best players it's the players who can come together the most who can get the breaks over the course of seven games selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash G-A-B-J-U-L-S now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Jules, I think we share the same view on the Lionel Messi GOAT debate. <laughs> he did not need this no. to be the GOAT. I mean, we, we've had, we, I mean, uh, Dan Crespo spoke about this, and I thought he put it very eloquently, right? Yeah. If you believe Lionel Messi is the GOAT, this isn't going to change it because so much was beyond his control. Yeah. However, this was absolutely huge for him. I, I, again, for me, it's not a criteria in the debate. My, my, my boss said, oh, does this end the debate? I know it doesn't end the debate no, because it was never part of the debate. Not for me. Not for me either. But it's now nah, nah, nobody can say, oh, yeah, but he's never won the World Cup. He's won everything, but 
now he's won everything. He's won everything. He's the greatest of all time. France were beaten tonight, and Kylian Mbappe were beaten by the greatest player of all time. And someone else might one day come and take that crown. I don't know, but for now we have to say that a 35 year old, a 35 years of age, sorry, to to have a tournament like this, to do to do what he did in this whole World Cup from the first game against Saudi Arabia, scoring in every single game apart from the Poland one to some penalties of course because it doesn't matter so much to be decisive like he was to lead like he would like he did like you said in a very different light and a different personality that we've never really seen before is exceptional and it's as simple as that when did you see someone who had such an incredible individual World Cup who Diego in 86 and that's probably maybe Ronaldo in 02 Brazilian Ronaldo? Yeah, he was pretty special. Yeah, but but you know what yeah, I mean? No, they don't I, happen often. No, it doesn't happen often. And it, it was interesting. We got some inter- insight in this. I had a chance to, to spend some time with, with Messi's biographer who kind of outlined the time, the moment that the the, 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 the switch was, was flipped, if you will. And he said it was 2019, the Copa America. They lose in the semifinals to Brazil. They're unhappy with the officiating. The tournament takes place in Brazil. Yeah. And Messi goes and does something that you don't expect from Messi. He goes afterwards, he goes in front of the cameras, and he complains about the referees, and he's genuinely angry. And, look, I don't want to get inside. Well, I will get inside his head and play pop psychologist here. If you go back to the context, right, that summer, 2019, that is a summer that, you know, Antoine Griezmann arrives at Barcelona, who, let's face it, Messi didn't really want at Barcelona, right? He's already having issues with the club. Uh, a year later, 2020, in the pandemic, he's got the he's got the Burafax, right? He tries to leave the club. At this point, the relationship is really a rock bottom yeah. with Argentina. Bartomeu as well. You and with, know, sorry, like, with, with, with Bartomeu, yeah, yeah. Argentina. I met Bartomeu. I wonder what he's doing right now. I wonder if he's watching us. I wonder if he watches Gavin. Uh, whatever. Um, 2021, he gets his wish. He leaves the club. And he wins the Copa America. And he wins the Copa America in Brazil. And, and there is more of this edge to him. In the meantime, Scaloni's built this team that is not Messi-dependent. Yeah. Where he is the value added. Um, and he's very comfortable with Argentina. And no disrespect to Paris Saint-Germain, I also think that also plays into it. Because he moves to Paris Saint-Germain, where all of a sudden he's sharing the spotlight with Mbappe and with Neymar, where the attention, the, 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 the daily attention, isn't what it is at Barcelona, where the competitiveness of the league, the, the weekly grind, isn't what it is at Barcelona. He has a rotten six months, takes some time to adjust and so on. Yeah. And I just think mentally, I'm not saying he doesn't care about Paris Saint-Germain. Do not get offended. I'm sure he does. No, no, no. I'll, but I'll make he my has point enough after. mental space that he's like, I don't have to worry about Barto. I don't have to worry about this. I'm just going to worry about Argentina when I'm with Argentina and then my club duties when I'm, when I'm with a club. Yeah, although I would argue that he's been that good in this tournament because of the first four months of the season that he's had with PSG, which were, it was amazing. Considering how average, let's put it that way, for, from, for him, he was last season, the first four months between August and just leaving in November before he left to come to Qatar, it was outstanding. He was finally happy in Paris. The family was happy in Paris. He was, I think he was enjoying his football again and he arrived here full of confidence, full of momentum going as well. And, and that's made the difference. If this tournament is in the summer, I'm not sure he performs no. that well. And I think that's another big thing that we think we have to weigh up as well. You know, what did he play in the summer of 2022? Nothing. Yeah. He had the summer off. It's not just him. A lot of other stars, obviously yeah, yeah. most stars, had, had the summer of 22 off. That, I think, 
makes a huge difference yeah, yeah. to what we saw here. And also the fact, let's face it, that the tournament is in the middle of the season. And we've talked before the pros and cons. Some guys get, inju- get injured. There was no Kareem Benzema. Um, but for people who are in match fit, mid-season fitness, this makes a huge difference. Yeah, massively, massively. And I think if you prepared well, if you if you manage to avoid the injuries that you could have had, like a Sadio Mane or Romelu Lukaku, which happens in every season, regardless of when the World Cup is, then you knew that you could pick for this World Cup. And we've seen some amazing individual performance from, from Leo, of course, to Kylian Mbappe, to Sofian Amrabat, for example. I mean, there's plenty that we can name that who individually were clearly ready for this World Cup, maybe more than if he had been in the summer. Let's get to Mbappe. Uh, if you had to give him a mark for this final, and I say this obviously cognizant of the fact that he became only the second person in history to score a hat-trick in the final. Yeah. Pop Quiz, who was the first? Yes, Sir Geoff Hurst, Thank 1966. Thank you. I'd forgotten for a minute, and our colleague James Olley was about to kill me. Oh, okay. uh, I really should know that the other one was yeah. Sir Geoff Hurst. Um, what, what, do you think he played well over the 90 minutes? Or was it a game of moments, a game yeah. of ups and downs? Yeah, it was a game of moments again. I think you could look at it from 0 to 70, where you give him a 2 out of 10, maybe. Because, 2 out of 10? Yeah, because that he's not bad. in the game. That bad. He's not in the game. When he gets the ball, he doesn't do anything with it. He moves centrally, which we know is not too keen. And it's only really when they move to a 4-4-2, or a 4-2-4, as you said earlier, and he played a phone with Colomani, and you had Turam on one side, and you had Coman on the other side, that then he gets into the game. It's, the first shot is for him. He goes over the bar, but you think, okay, now he's getting in the groove. Then there's that penalty. And considering he's done nothing in the game before that first penalty, again, I think for him to score it, it takes a lot. And then the second goal is a moment of absolute genius. The way he does that one-two with, with Turam, the volley. And then I think after that, he's, he's, he's unstoppable. And I think after that, Argentina struggled to, to keep him quiet. He's everywhere. He's, he's trying hard. For example, there's the one right at the end when he's on the left-hand side and he goes and he goes inside and he should shoot and he takes an extra touch. And I'm shouting from the stand, shoot, tir, Kylian, tir. So he could have even, I think, done better things. But then if I mark him from 70 to 120, I give him 9 out of 10. So what? The average is what? 5.5? 5. 5. Yeah. Something because like that. This, is, this is the thing that gets me, right? For all that we talk about. And look, I, I'm not comfortable criticizing Mbappe. I'm not criticizing Mbappe because obviously he's 23. He's got a great future ahead of him. But he's also the present, right? Yeah. He gets, we have to judge him for what he is now. Yeah. He is approaching mid-career. He gets paid like, like one of the best players in the world. Those first 70 minutes... I thought are a problem. He cannot have too many performances like this because you know what? If it, Otamendi doesn't make that mistake, we never see the yeah, Mbappe yeah, of, the yeah. last, of the last 30 right. minutes, right? All I we have is a guy scoring a nice goal in garbage time and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think something has to change. I think he has to play with a front two now and he has to play Kylian with another striker. Whoever that can be, I don't know, like Giroud, but I think that sort of left winger position in a game like this, for example, you see the limits of it. Because I think the plan from Argentina was very clear on how to, how to contain him. And it's easy, he's easier to contain when he's like between the touchline here, yeah. his defender here, the midfielder here, the centre-back here. And it's, it's, it's com- yeah, of course, he can make differences because he's one of the best players in the world. But I think to move forward now, he has to play more centrally. Still, eight goals in this tournament. I think now he's got if I'm not mistaking, 12 in 14 in the World Cup, 12 goals in 14 World Cup matches or something like that. 
at the age of 23, it's his birthday in two days. It's remarkable. He will have other chances to win it. There will be other competitive French teams. But I think tonight, it will hurt him a lot. I'm going to throw this out there as a, as a provocation, if you will. Seeing Mbappe perform like this, right, uh, as a player of moments and so on, often not involved for long stretches, as you said, not tracking back, not defending. Partly it's a function of the France do not go, and they don't press high. But then Paris Saint-Germain rarely press high, partly because they have the ball all the time, partly because he's playing with Messi and yeah, Neymar, yeah. who aren't going to do that. Does this help him? Like, I mean, if he was in a Klopp team, in a Pep Guardiola team, dare I say in a Nagelsmann team, he would be a different player. Yeah, maybe. And could that carry over to the national team? Yeah, you're right. Maybe you're right. And I think there's still a lot for him to learn. And there's still a lot of room to improve. We said how better he is now than he was in 2018, which was his first World Cup. He was this wonderful talent we all knew about, but he was still emerging. This time he's the leader. And I think in four years' time, he, will be, he should be a better Mbappe. And maybe in four years' time, then he would have incorporated that into his game. But, I mean, Messi scored two goals tonight. And... Apart from that, did you like he's involved in the counter attack for the Di Maria goal, but very early on, it's a good flick towards Alvarez, but he's still very early on. Yeah. And apart from that, there's not much from him either. So you see what I mean? Finals uh, are really like a masterclass from an individual but player. Messi is 35 years old, of course, and I, this is I his role you. in of this course. Argentina team. I agree with right? you. This Argentina team, man for man. For sure. If you were to do the, the the combined 11 game, I don't know how many Argentina players will get in there on talent, not on performances in this tournament, but I'm just talking in yeah, terms yeah. of talent. No, I, 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 and, I, did, I was I just go, wanting to point out no, no, that. I like, and that's why I go back to the manager. I go back to Deschamps. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's Forrest Gump, but he nearly came to becoming only the second person in history to win consecutive World Cup yeah, as manager. Yeah. Uh, and I look at all the riches that he had, even with the injuries and everything, and I ask myself, my goodness, you you know, you lost to Montiel and Molina and Otamendi and... Nah, you're a bit harsh, I think. This is a very, very well-balanced and well-drilled team. And it's, it's a better coach team than Deschamps team. I'm sorry. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's true. I don't. I don't think Argentina are better coach than France. It's just that for the first hour they were they were much better. When you when you play better, there's no shame to lose against a better team than you. That doesn't mean that your team is not well coached. That doesn't team. That doesn't mean that you're not a good team or you're not a good coach. Sometimes you you fall against a much better side than you, and certainly for the first 45 minutes, Argentina were much better than France in every compartment. Okay, so Jules, not one of those France fans who no, reacts not that. by going and blaming the manager. No, it's not that. I think fine. he had I, flaws. That's not what I'm saying. I, I, I'm I just go back to the England game as well, uh, for example, for, for another situation where, again, I look at, obviously England are much more, are, 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 you know, in terms of talent, they're on a par with France. But, you know, that is a game that they could have easily lost. Yeah, they as could, well. yeah, yeah. This, this, as we always say, fine margins. And I think tonight, for the first hour, there was no fine margins. And after that, when you get when when France came back, you saw the fine margins that the Kurumani chance, the one that Argentina have before. There's a couple of good crosses. It could have gone, it could have gone either way, even before the pens. All right, that that's our verdict uh, on the game on Mbappe on on Messi. We we witnessed something incredible. Uh, he history. made history, yeah. and and I think. You know, Mbappe, Mbappe will definitely get another chance. Maybe two or three chances, actually, I hope so. at this stage. I hope so. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Jules, we said it was going to be a World Cup like no other, and for better and for worse, it certainly was. Yeah, you're right, Gabby. It was a great experience for us to be here, to bring you the show from here, to follow this World Cup of great drama, great entertainment, more goals than we've ever had in a World Cup, a lot of twists, upsets, disappointment and overachievement as well. Messi, Mbappe, Morocco, whatever stories you will remember from this World Cup, it was pretty special to be here. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think my favorite part of this World Cup is actually what we saw on the pitch, uh, you know, more so than a lot of the stuff that went on around it. I thought it was special. I love doing the show out here with you uh, from Doha, bringing it to you guys. Uh, We're going to go back to it in London. We'll be doing it on Thursday. uh, So look out for that one. Last one before the holidays. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself.